This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Hey everybody, it is episode number 18, 18 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals... Eric B. and Rakim. I'm definitely not Rakim. I am. I'm rocking out, man. Oh, I see. Anyway, uh, it is September 8th. September 8th. Three days away from the anniversary of one of the worst days in our lives. Uh, we lived on the East Coast. Uh, I was heading into New York City that day. And it is a day that will stick with me forever. The tragic events of 7-11. Despite some colleges uh, not uh, participating in any remembrances because they don't want to offend Muslims. That's retarded. Yep. Anyway, uh, as an homage to uh, September 11th, today's show is all about comedy, comedians, um, Wait, comedian? I thought we said Canadians. I had a really stand-up Canadian guy that I wanted to talk about. A stand-up guy. Justin Bieber? Gavin McInnes. Gavin McInnes is Scottish. He's a Canadian citizen. He is a Canadian citizen. I believe he's an American citizen as well. And he's mm. a Scottish man. Okay, no wonder I like him so much. He he's is. not Canadian. Well, maybe he is Canadian. Maybe All right, he's let me substitute that. Paul Schaefer. Uh, I mean. Stand-up Canadian. All right, Mike Myers, a stand-up comedian Canadian. Was he a stand-up comedian? Uh, he never did stand-up. I didn't say it had to be stand-up comedians. Oh, shit. I said comedians. Well, then Mel Brooks is in... I got to bring Mel Brooks back. Well, we didn't even start the show. Oh. Well, then how about Carl Reiner? We haven't started the show. Definitely not Rob Reiner. We are talking about comedians. Um, I didn't. I specifically didn't say stand-up comedians because the idea of stand-up comedy, um, the term stand-up comedy, was only born in the '60s. So uh, you kind of do uh, block out some of the old school, like say a Bob Hope or. Martin and Lewis, or oh, what, what was it before? It was stand-up comedy. It was just comedy. It was, uh, yeah, it was parts of uh, vaudeville. There were uh, monologues, but there were not stand-up comedy clubs. There were uh, records, and there were comedy so there records. were uh, strip joints where the comedians would perform in between the strippers, or or they while were, the strippers were going. That was happening. It might have been in then. between, but they were not referred to as stand-up comics and there were no stand-up comic clubs 
When were the first stand-up? When were the first comedy albums? I would say uh, 40s, probably. Maybe, yeah. 30s. But again, they were 40s. not. People were not going to clubs to see stand-up acts. That uh, I mean, when Lenny Bruce was kicked out of clubs, those were not comedy clubs. Lemmy Bruce, it's the uh, Motorhead stand-up comedy troupe. Did I say Lemmy? No, but I'm thinking it. Oh. Anyway, so uh, today's show is about, uh, we kind of agreed that there's already a top three comedians that are out there. Um, Carlin, Pryor, and who was your third? Uh, Lenny Bruce? Uh, is that what you of said? The, of the classics, yes. Of the classics. So we weren't... We're, we're just going to put those out there as a given and not really, um, we don't really need to introduce you to them is our, is the way we were thinking. Actually, Dave is the one who thought that one up. Right? Yeah. So with that being said, let's start our show about Comedians. Who is your first comedian? Uh, my first comedian. Uh, I would have to say. Did you prepare for the show? I did. I'm just trying to see what makes the most sense here. Uh. <clears throat> All right. First comedian I'm going with is my most is uh, is, a mo- is the uh, most current one, and he's not even that current. I mean, he's current, but he's not like undiscovered or anything. No, it, n- there were no rules. That's what I like about comedy: no rules. Problem with comedy is you hear a routine, and then you see the guy the next day. And he's doing the same routine. And uh, that's kind of uh, boring, in my opinion. I mean, it's funny if you hear it once, but I'd rather... I think stand-up comedy, in that sense, is kind of lame. Like, it should be just more wit or something. Off-the-cuff wit would be better than it's spontaneous. Even if it's less funny or polished, I think it would be better. Well, I think the issue is is that with uh, social media, YouTube... uh, yeah, that happens a lot. But back in the day, and with you know a gazillion cable channels, back in the day, you went and you watched uh, Johnny Carson, and uh, you saw Foster Brooks was on Johnny Carson, and you hadn't seen Foster Brooks for three years, and in that three years, he had a you know a new a new show. I mean, he was always the same character, but it was still something you hadn't seen. But now there's so many channels, comedy channels, Netflix specials, radio shows that these guys come on. Yeah, you get oversaturated with their act and their act might take them, you know, six months to put together. Well, that's a bull- so, it's a jive act. It's jive. It's not. It's 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 jive these days because you 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 see the same joke over and over again. But like I say. Uh, like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't always like that. And, um, you know, the, the, a comedian would be in, in LA and that would be the local place he would go. And then he would go to Cincinnati and those people would then see the act 
for their first and only time. So it's uh, it's it's hard out there for a pimp. It's hard to write a a good twenty minute set or longer, and you can't then just go in the next day and have a new twenty minute set. It's fucking absurd. There's you know there's only a few that could probably do that, and I would say uh, a few of those guys are dead. No, those are the guys I want to see. Yeah, it really, you know, you go on YouTube and it just exposes the uh, the routine. It really is a comedy routine. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's an act. It's like going to see, uh, you know, Journey. And they sing Don't Stop Believing every time. And people look forward to that. That's why I like Aaron Berg, because his album's called Comedy Coltrane. I'm assuming he's uh, off the cuff. He's got to be improvising. Because when you saw Coltrane, you didn't he didn't play the hits the same. There were no hits, and he didn't play the same every night. It was different every night, just like the Grateful Dead. That's true creative art. Is your first comedian... Who did I just say? Aaron Berg. No. Oh. I like him. I like the concept. Well, then why did you bring him up? We started talking about your first comedian. Because I like the concept. That's the concept. The concept is of is being funny, not not writing something down and reciting it. Well, Ehrenberg is very funny. <clears throat> you know, Bill Burr is funnier to me on his podcasts than he is on his on his comedy routines. Because it's off the cuff and it's just uh, he's just out of his mind. It's yeah, not but polished. He's also uh mentally challenged. Well, that's what's brilliant. That what's that's what makes it brilliant. Um my first choice is Dan Mintz. Dan Mintz. Is that McLovin? No, but he looks a little like him. Why do women always have to label everything? You know, I mean, why can't we just be two people that spend a lot of time together and share a common interest? But no, I have to be your stalker. It's weird that an ancient Chinese tradition of sticking needles in people's bodies would cure back pain. But the heroin really did make my back feel much better. My wife is the only one I've ever been with. Everyone else is a 9 or a 10. I have to use a magnifying glass to masturbate because the only way it can get off is by burning ants. <laughs> okay, Dan Mintz. Uh, <laughs> the response from the crowd was tepid. Tepid. And I would say that the response from me was also tepid so uh of why some of those jokes were terrible (laughs) he's the king of the bad dad joke is that why you picked him because you think those are all dad jokes i think he's fucking hysterical do you think he's a deadpan one-liner guy um inappropriate jokes Mm mm-hmm also, the voice of Tina on Bob's Burgers. I see. Is that why you picked him? No, I liked him before he was Tina on Bob's Burgers. 
I, uh, is he one of your favorites? He's one of my favorite fun, uh, in the last 10 years. I see. I see. So, uh, Dan Mintz. He has the joke about, uh, when his wife is pregnant, uh, when his wife is on her period, he, uh, something about putting the towel down and, uh, for her on the bed. And then he goes and has sex with her friend, something. Can't remember exactly. <laughs> he's uh he's interesting interesting dude. Very uh <laughs> he's a bit of a weirdo, I would say. Yes. But uh interesting. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say about Dan Mintz? Dan Mintz. Uh no, I just thought he was funny. He struck me as being funny. Uh now, I was going to choose Damon Wayans over Dan Mintz. I see. But looking back, I couldn't find any routines that were worthy of playing that were really that funny. Now, Damon Wayans is very funny, but all that shit is so dated and of its time that it's just, it's not worth really mentioning at this point. I had some trouble, not, uh, I don't know if you, we had the same trouble, but there's a lot of funny people out there who I would say are comedians, but... A lot of their comedy is also very visual, uh-huh. so it's it would be, I think it would fall flat on an audio uh, podcast. So I had a you know I had a, a little bit of trouble with that. There are some of my favorites out there that are are hysterical, but you really do need to see their faces uh, while they're while they're going at it while they're speaking. So that's a whole other thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the uh, you know comedy albums like that we were mentioning before, you didn't see their faces, so it was uh, there was probably I don't know far fewer comedians who were putting albums out there way back in the day. I mean, I think Bob Newhart's comedy album was famous for just you know, and maybe Red Fox too. Yeah. But there are there are guys out there that are way more physical that maybe would not come across on a on an album. That makes sense. So my first pick is the wonderfully talented and unfortunately dead Mitch Hedberg. I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. It's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry, and that's extra scary to me because there's a large, out-of-focus monster (laughs) roaming the countryside. One time, a guy handed me a picture of me. He said, here's a picture of me when I was younger. Every picture is of you when you were younger. (laughs) Ain't 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 that about time someone said that? I think Pringle's initial intention was to make tennis balls. (laughs) But on the day that the rubber was supposed to show up, a big truckload of potatoes arrived. (laughs) And Pringle said, what the hell? Cut him up. Mitch Hedberg. Uh, The delivery is great. He did not work blue 
from what I could tell, um, from what the, everything I remember of his, none of it was blue. Uh, which is interesting because when you think of uh, comedians who don't work blue, you think of uh, Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan, but I don't think you ever think of Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg is like Stephen Wright, in my opinion. Okay, and then what is that? Uh, it's very uh, dry. Very dry. Mitch Hedberg's just a little bit more user-friendly than Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright's like a more intelligent Mitch Hedberg. Mitch well, Hedberg's funny as motherfucker, though. He's funnier than Stephen Wright. But I see, I see them as a similar style. They, it might be a similar style, but their characters are not similar. Stephen Wright was definitely going for a uh, creepy weirdo vibe. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I, I bought a packet of instant water, you know. And then you, he just lets, lets it lay there, you know. Where, like Dan Mintz. And uh, Mitch Hedberg is kind of like the the stoner friend, the really the really fun guy that you love to have at your parties, who's just goofy. I just I don't know. There's something about Mitch Hedberg that I just I just adore him. I just think he's he's great, and uh, you know. I didn't play the donut one because that's the most famous one, but fuck that the donut and the receipt, that bit never fails to make me laugh my ass off because it's just so absurd and, and, and perfect. I was going to, uh, have Mitch Hedberg also. And why didn't you? I did, but you got to him first. You can still have him. I don't want to have him. We just had him. I have someone else instead, but, uh, so I really like Mitch Hedberg, yes. Mitch Hedberg is, uh, I don't know, he's, well, he was one of the funniest. He, uh, one of those people that I, I, I don't know, I, I guess he had a problem with, uh, was it heroin? Yeah. Yeah, it says here on his Wikipedia page, uh, Hedberg died of cocaine and heroin drug overdose on oh, March 30th. Uh, John Belushi special. Is that what? Oh, is that what this speedball? Oh, is that what a speedball is? Mitch Hedberg and uh, maybe Greg Giraldo, Giraldo, Gerardo, Greg Giraldo, 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 Greg Giraldo. He spelled died of the like, same thing? Spelled like Geraldo Rivera? I believe so. Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe he died of the same thing or one of the uh, <coughs> elements of those two drugs. Uh, why is... Uh, what's, what's, what's the lore there? I mean, aren't they two really different drugs? Uh, I don't know. I've never done that. One takes you up, the other takes you back down. But you take them at the same time? Yeah, it's probably, you know. I don't, I don't it's like know. Smoking weed and drinking coffee. Boom! I don't think that, <laughs> that it's quite the same as that. No, I'm not sure. That's I've what heard they of call it. They call that a poor man's speedball. Coffee and reefer. A poor man's speedball is also the alive man's speedball. Uh, it's also not a speedball. Yeah. It's well, a weed ball. 
I feel like uh, it's. You put your weed in it. There's ones when I was little, and uh, when John Belushi passed away, I cried. I have always really loved comedy when I was little. I guess because my parents were so fucking fucked up that I just always turned to comedy. Um, to, to, you know, it just was a thing I, I really loved even, you know, when I'm, I'm talking like when I'm 10, 11 years old. So when my favorites started dropping like flies, uh, I took it real personally and I just don't, I, and I just don't get the, why they would do shit like that when they know what, what it might lead to. I mean, are they trying to kill themselves? Or is it an accident? I mean, this doesn't say it's an accidental overdose. It was accidental. Are all overdoses accidental? No. Well, most of them. You think most of them are? Yeah. I mean, there's some, some quotes in this Wikipedia page. I'm against picketing, but I don't know how to show it. I mean, and when you read him, you got to read him in his voice. And that's, uh, I don't know, man. He's someone who uh, I just really found him funny. I liked, I thought he was delightful and uh, sorely missed. I, I, I feel like he would have really been, I don't know, even more famous in movies. I mean, he could have been the next... Uh, the next Seinfeld, he could have had a show, you know, about nothing. When did he pass away? He passed away in March of 2005 at the tender age of 37. He's our age. Yeah. Well, so, he fucked up. Yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer when these guys fuck up. I wish I wish they wouldn't have. Okay. Uh, so R.I.P. Mitch Hedberg, we hardly knew ye. Hitch Medberg. Okay, Dave, uh, who is your next comedian? Uh, Brian Regan. There you go. I remember my teacher asked me, Brian, what's the I before E roll? Um, I before E, always. What are you, an idiot, Brian? Apparently. So she explains it. No, Brian, it's I before E, except after C, and when sounding like A as a neighbor in way, and on weekends and holidays and all throughout May, and you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. That's a hard rule. That's a, that's a rough rule. Plurals were hard, too. Brian, how do you make a word a plural? Oh, yeah. You put an S. You put an S at the end of it. When? <sighs> On weekends and holidays. No, Brian. No, let me show you. So she asked this kid who knew everything, Irwin. Irwin, Irwin, what is he plural for? Ox. Oxen. The farmer used his oxen. Brian, what? Brian, what's the plural for? Box. Boxing. 
I bought two boxes of donuts. Brian Regan. I'm surprised you picked him only because uh, I don't know why you picked him. I never hear you really speak of him. I think he's hysterical. Do you listen to Brian? Do you listen to comedy while you're doing your thing? Uh, not usually. I see. I've gone in and out of phases of comedy, but no, I don't really. I'm listening to more like a talk radio type of thing. Right. So uh, what is it about Brian Regan that you like? Just the, his uh, his take on things uh-huh. and his ability to do it without without being dirty. I don't really care about that. For me, that just happens to be. Uh, but he's, uh, I've liked him since the uh, 80s, I think I first heard of him. Oh, really? And I remember when he was doing stuff with his brother. I remember hearing about him and his brother at the same time. I think it's. John Regan, maybe? Hmm. Joe, John Regan. His brother is also very funny, just not as funny. But his brother's older, and I think he was actually doing stand-up before Brian. Oh. And uh, I definitely remember them together or around the same time. And then Brian became way more iconic. <clears throat> he really is, isn't he? I mean, lots of comedians cite him as being like the best. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or one of the best, you know, like just everyone. Bill Burr, you know, Pete Holmes, all these guys, they they love him. I don't like Pete Holmes. I don't love him either, but, you know, he seems to be hot these days with his crashing. Yeah, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that I don't trust what's hot these days. You know, we talk about... Not even Hansel? Only Hansel. But I feel like, you know, things are hot because someone has put a lot of money into, uh, you know, into m- making us feel like they're hot. You know, people, people magazine, for instance, they don't they don't sit there and think, let's let's do some hard hitting uh, journalism. Somebody calls them up and says, hey, we'll give you a million dollars to run this story about uh, how hot Cardi B is. Mm-hmm. It's It's not, you know. It's just it's just a matter of investing in these stories, so they present these things as being hot. And my experience with Pete Holmes was that terrible TV show he had and that equally terrible podcast he does. And I just I I don't know I just I don't dig him. I don't like him either. I don't like him at all. And uh, I just. If he's really legitly hot, I don't know with who. I just don't. He's he's hot with Judd Apatow. Well, and everybody knows Judd Apatow runs the world. He he doesn't run my world. I'll tell him that. Please do. So, uh, anything else about Brian Regan? So he's he's been your go-to guy since the '80s. I think I've known about Brian Regan since Ronald Reagan. Okay. Because I used to think of the different spellings of the names. Did you confuse the two? No. I see. Do you think Brian Regan would make a good president? Uh, As long as he didn't drink on the job. Whitehausen. Why not? I don't know. Apparently when he drinks, he gets a little angry. Oh, well. He turns from pleasant observation to bitter (laughs) anger. (laughs) To Ninja so, Warrior. That side we don't want to see. I actually would kind of like to see that side for the hell of it. All right. Do you have anything more to say about Mr. Regan? 
Uh, Regan. Uh, yeah, he's just, you know, the thing about him is he's one of the better comedians. Well, he's one of the best comedians, and he's and he's one of these guys who's been around forever, and he's still f- as funny today as he was 30 years ago. Yeah, he just didn't get lucky with, like, an act that really resonated. He's He stayed the course, and his observations stayed funny, e- even as he got older. Like, there's, occasionally there's a comedian who comes out, and he's just, his 20 minutes, his 10 minutes are yeah. fucking hysterical, but... He can't follow that up. But again, if he's been around for that long, which he has been. Uh, he's a master. He's a master. He really is. He is someone that should be uh, appreciated. I appreciate you, Brian Regan. Though he was not my second pick. My second pick is Don Rickles. I'm a Jew with a chosen people. We don't have to do nothing. Pick up a couple of dollars and phone God. Hello, God. <laughs> Jews, you gotta be like the Jews, just sit in the house in the living room in your underwear. Put on the TV, Shirley. <laughs> That's all Jews do. Sit in the underwear, belch, and watch TV. The Irish guys are staggering around, the color guys are going, glory, glory, hallelujah. And the Mexicans, I'm going to the toilet, I don't care what the color guys do. And the queers are going, let's go in the park and have a love out. <laughs> These are the jokes, lady. If you're waiting for Billy Graham to come in here, forget about it. At the finish, I give out dirty pamphlets. You gotta be a Jew, lady. You're the only one with a stole on, and it's 105 in here for crying out loud. <laughs> You're either a Jew or an old beaver in heat. <laughs> Is she laughing? Take a look. So Don Rickles, uh, insult comic, maybe the first insult comic. I don't know that I can hear. Uh, or I don't know that I know of any other insult comic before him. Um, the reason I picked him was because he was an equal opportunity insulter. And if that last couple minutes was hard for you to hear, that's on you. Um, back in the day, everybody was uh, able to make fun of everybody. You could uh, make fun of the Jews, the blacks, the Mexicans, the Irish, the Polish, the Germans, the Russians, the French. Everybody was open, uh, open game for someone like Don Rickles. And today, today, none of that could be said. None of it. Zilch. Zero. And that is a real problem with me. He reminds, uh, I mean, uh, Nick DiPaolo reminds me of Don Rickles. Yeah, but even Nick Nick DiPaolo would never say these things. Not all of these things. When Don Rickles died... It was, he, he literally was the end of that era. He, he didn't, he didn't give a shit. He didn't care. Everybody was open to ridicule and, and the things that were funny were our differences. 
now they're in comedy they're trying so hard to to make everything pc and social justice warrior and it's it's no longer funny it's no longer funny if you can't laugh at the differences between us then there's just there's there's no comedy left and uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking what comedy has become. Yeah, you have someone like Brian Regan who is funny all the time, but there was also this other kind of humor that was, uh, you know, you knew it was, I don't know, it was a little subversive, but it was hysterical. No one ever accused Don Rickles of being a Nazi, ever. And now, uh, if he if he was to come out, you know, I had wanted to get a Twitter account and just post Don Rickle jokes, but I I know that it would be flagged and banned pretty fucking quickly. That's probably true. Somebody should do it. He's hysterical, hysterical, and 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 it's it's lost. That is lost forever. The only thing we have close is Triumph the Insult Comic Dog because you might be able to get away with saying some shit as a puppet, but as a person, you would not. Well, that's pretty true. I mean, do you know do you know of any comedians? I mean, look what happened to Nick DiPaolo. He did his act, which is, I'm sure, tame compared to this Don Rickles album from 1968. And a woman came up and punched him after the show. Yeah, but he's still doing it. He's still doing it, but I, I again, he's not anywhere near as balls out as Don Rickles was. That's true. He just. But comedians are still being comedians. They're just getting punished for it. They're, they're, it's just not acceptable, but they are still doing it. They're just not accepted on in social media. Yeah, no, they're not accepted in social media. But they're still doing it live. Who I mean, do you, who do you think is doing it live? I just think Nick DiPaolo uses all kinds of fucked up words all the time. I think people like Big J Orkerson are still doing that kind of stuff. I think a whole bunch of these new comedians do it, and then I think there's a whole bunch that don't. I th- I would say I think most don't. I mean, look at when you're a comedian now, you're you. You really want to uh, get your shit out there, and Sirius XM plays uh, comedy bits. Um, there was a station in San Francisco area that would play Laughter at 10 After. That's that's a nationwide thing. Laughter at 10 After? No, just na- uh, comedy uh, being put on the radio. Yeah, exactly. But you know they're not going to put this bit on the radio. They're right. not going to put Nick DiPaolo's more colorful bits on the radio. So yeah. it's it's you, they're almost society is almost forcing these comedians to uh change change their act, change the way they're they're trying to uh make a living. And uh I th- I think it's I think it's terrible. Netflix isn't going to give Nick DiPaolo a special if he speaks his mind. Fuck Netflix. Well, I'm just saying there's there's the you know Comedy Central certainly isn't either. Uh, Sirius XM isn't so it's it's uh, it's censorship so yeah while they might be out there doing it live I'll never hear of it 
I'll never know that, uh, you know, John Smith is hysterical uh, and off color. I'll never hear of that guy because no radio station will have him on and no television uh, or video platform will, will give him an opportunity. They're, they are literally sanitizing our entertainment. It's disgusting. So, yeah, that was from Don Rickles, uh, the album Hello Dummy from 1968. I don't even think you could call somebody a dummy these days. I mean, you can't say the word retard. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it's. I say the word retard all the time. You like, do. Go fuck themselves. I don't give a shit. You and I do because I'm we not have on a Twitter. I don't use Facebook, so that world doesn't affect me. Yeah, I guess it doesn't, but it does in the, in what you're able to uh, see. I mean, how soon before somebody complains about this tape on YouTube, or this video on YouTube, and takes it down for being offensive? I mean, I, I'm sure at at some point in the not too distant future, maybe not in our lifetime, but in the next 50 years, everything is going to be so sanitized uh, that they'll they'll be there literally will be nothing that is truly funny anymore. It'll just be weird fast food humor with no uh with with nothing that harkens back to these days. When uh I mean Rickles is Rickles is one of my top five comedians of all time. And I feel like there's a whole generation uh, behind us that have no idea who he is and will not be allowed to know who he is because he's, you know, insensitive or whatever. That generation cuck that's right behind us. All right, who's your next guy or girl? Girl. Okay. <laughs> who's your next guy? Lily Tomlin, maybe. Other than that, I don't know what we're talking about. Who's your next favorite? Uh, my next favorite is Charlie Barnett. We got a nice crowd here. I love a New York audience. I mean, look at this crowd. We're in the village. I love the village. We got a nice mixed crowd. I mean, look what we got. We got white folks. We got black folks. We got Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans. We got a lot of fucking Puerto Ricans. But I'm not gonna fuck with the Puerto Ricans, man, cause y'all born with knives. Right? You'll cut me up and I won't even know what you're saying. Me to me to see the empire. And when you finish, you go, que pasa, bro? Cause I got into a fight with a Puerto Rican kid and I was winning. I was bouncing around like Sugar Ray Lennon. I was bam, bam, bam. He was only about that tall. <laughs> then all of a sudden he went like this. <laughs> and I was surrounded. By a small Puerto Rican family of 4,000. Charlie Barnett. That is one funny motherfucker. Charlie Barnett. I witnessed this guy at Washington Square Park doing that exact thing. 
and it was just amazing to see him command the audience. It just he would have a like you can see there, he would have a circle of people, however many rows thick, like ten rows thick. It looks like fifteen or twenty deep, yeah, in some just places. Just spontaneously gathered. He would just show up in the afternoon and start doing his thing. And after about 20 minutes, there'd be a huge crowd. He would do like an hour-long set. Then he would pass the hat. It would make so much fucking money. And he'd do this like two times a day or three times a day, five days, six days a week. Wow. Uh, another time I saw him on Bleecker Street doing the same thing at night, like right in front of Kenny's Castaways. Just <laughs> a spontaneous crowd form around him in a, in a vestibule. And uh, this dude was the real deal. He was just extremely funny amazing crowd worker just brilliant he was actually offered the uh the replacement role of uh garrett morris in saturday night live he supposedly was self-conscious about his reading ability missed a second audition uh, so they gave it to eddie murphy instead well there you go and uh that's pretty much well documented uh the other thing about him is when he would be doing these routines in the park, a young Dave Chappelle was watching and hanging out with him. And Dave Chappelle, basically Charlie was Dave Chappelle's mentor and, uh, you know, main influence, basically. And uh, Chappelle, to this day, I believe, wants to do a biop or some sort of movie about Charlie's life, but it never got funded or the interest waned or something. But at one point he wanted to do it. But uh, yeah, Charlie Barnett, the one of these, the king of underground comedy, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was some funny shit. And again, what, would he, he a, be able to do that today? Not like that. No, he was a New York. He was a he was a village legend who became famous. I mean, he had some fame. He uh, was in DC Cab, <laughs> the movie. And he did a couple of uh, spotlights, spot, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, showcases? Showcases. But uh, he was so into drugs and uh, he contracted AIDS from heroin needles and he passed away. When did he pass away? Uh, I think probably around 2000, maybe. 2000 around then, I think. Am I mistaken? Was it in the 90s? Maybe 96? Yeah, I think he died in 96. Yeah, Charlie Barnett, September 23rd, 1954 to March 16th, 16th, 1996. Yeah, I used to see him in the 80s, probably around the time that was shot. That was shot in 87. I definitely saw him around 85, around that time, 86. Then you would see him up until about 1990, and then not after that. Having contracted HIV through heroin abuse, Barnett died from complications of AIDS on March 16th. He was uh, more of a crack addict, though, too. He was, like, heavily into crack. Was he? And he was homeless, and then he was also living in the on the Bowery in one of those, like, hotels, welfare hotels, like, near CPGBs. Yeah. He lived there, like, just pitiful. But you know you can't help him if he's just gonna if you can't help someone unless they want to be helped at that point, and he was just a chronic abuser. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a common theme with a lot of these comedians. I mean, uh, yeah, they're all tortured. I mean, they all they aren't all tortured, 
but it seems like they're either addicts or recovering addicts. I I would say that the number of in-between, whether they're drunks, uh, cokeheads or whatever, and whether they're, you know, 12-stepping, the number of comedians who are in between those two, I I feel it's it's a very narrow uh, amount, a narrow number of comedians who are neither... Yeah, the more creative, too, the more tormented... Yeah, I mean, you you know, of course we we talked about John Belushi, but you, you, you mean even Artie Lang? There's a guy that's very funny, um, and just a funny guy in general. You know, I don't even know what his act is. I just know when he sits down to talk, he's hysterical. He's got stories, and he's got a point of view that's very funny. But the guy is lucky to be alive. Yeah, and lucky not to be in jail. I mean, how, <sighs> I guess they are tortured. I guess they are tortured. You know what else was amazing But on the side note by Char- about Charlie Barnett and those performances? What? He'd be performing to hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. No microphone. No microphone. And you could hear him halfway across the park. Yeah. That's why that, he would oh, have such good. a large audience. He People would hear him and they'd be like, what the fuck is that guy yelling about? Before you knew it. You know what I mean? No microphone. He would make hundreds and hundreds of dollars each performance back in the 80s. And just, he'd spend it on bullshit, I yeah, guess. probably. But, I mean, for him just to command that audience like that, just to set it, I mean, there's no agent, there's no, no club owner, there's no doorman, there's no, there's no nothing. Just people just spontaneously sat in a round in a circle and watched him command the audience. And in Washington Square Park, it's just uh, it's it's it is amazing to see. And his some of his stuff was you know written and and uh, done over and over again, but a lot of it was crowd work, so it was spontaneous. Right. Uh, fucking funny guy. Yeah, that's uh, it's a shame. It's he was like it was like when you saw him, it was like holy shit, this is like Richard Pryor in person, but he's a street guy. Yeah, and but also he seems like he was um, magical. Yeah, he seems a little bit more uh, personable to me. Like with yeah. prior, it, it, prior I always get <sighs> with Charlie Barnett. I'm getting the sense of we're in it with him. Yeah, uh, you know, prior was already a, a star. I feel like he was talking to us but not with us i don't know it was just something about charlie barnett that it just felt like we're in this we're at a huge party and it's charlie barnett's turn to talk and we're all in it you know but maybe that's because it was in that setting and and it wasn't at a comedy that's club. that's probably true uh but yeah charlie barnett funny I don't think and another a- tragic uh loss for comedy really. definitely definitely i don't think there'd be dave Chappelle as we know him Without Charlie Burnett's existence. I bet he would probably say that as well. I mean, he might, yeah. He might have gone on to be a comedian, but to be influenced by someone like that at a young age and have that cat, like, take you under his wing, that's like, you know, that's like a young musician being influenced by, you know, Jocko or something. Right. You know, who happens to also, you know, who at the same time was also in the village, on the streets, in the village, you know, hanging around, which is crazy. Yes. Yes, and also drugs. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, no, Charlie Burnett is a is a great choice for this uh, for this episode. Better than Dan Mance. <laughs> yes. You don't want some nice uh, Dan Mintz to go with your meal. No. I did not enjoy Dan Mintz, I don't think, at all. I don't know. I think he's very funny. Yeah, I think you're very wrong. Anyway, my next pick is another passed away uh, guy, but not from drugs. My beloved Sam Kinison. I just love women! My record proves that. Been in love uh, about nine times now. And it's been real every time, folks. Every time, it was gonna last forever. Remember, you fucking bitches! Oh! Forever! I buy it every time, I gotta tell you. I buy it every fucking time. I do, man. Love comes to my life goes, come on! This is Neelan. Come on, trust me, trust me. I wouldn't lie to you ten times in a row, fuck that. Come on! Come on, open the door. Let's see what she's like. you gonna do you gotta keep falling in love you gotta believe in it what are you gonna do give sheep the vote you gotta believe in love right that wasn't very funny <laughs> women i love women i swear to god it doesn't may not seem like it i fucking love women what am i gonna do it's so funny they're always on the audience going well how come you don't talk about me how come you don't say what's wrong with me how come you only talk about what what women do how come you know oh, there's a reason Because a man never broke my fucking heart. This is from the uh, Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian. Uh, what was it called? The Young Comedian Show or whatever. Um, or just Young Comedians. I'm not sure. But instantly after this show, he was huge. That show was all it took. HBO only had certain shows going on at that point. They didn't. They weren't chock full of television shows. So when there was a the young comedian special was on, everybody watched it. And uh, oh boy, I mean, I just remember Kinnison being huge, literally like the next day because you wanted to oh oh like everybody was doing that. He was iconic almost immediately. Yeah, he was unique too. And then he was—he started going on the Stern Show, which you know, was 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 great. He was, yeah, he was. Uh, I don't think there's anyone like him, really. I cannot think of anyone. You have to go to a preacher. They got to listen to some preachers. Right, but they're not that funny. No, they're not funny, but <laughs> he probably has more in common with that than he does with a stand-up oh, comedian's delivery. Definitely. I mean, I think he was a, a preacher when he was like nine or ten years old. Yeah, or is in his family, the family of preachers or something? 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He was a preacher. His family were preachers. And then he uh, decided to do this. Well, there you go. But uh, this specific act on that show. This is before back to school. Oh, yes. Back to school is 1986. So let's see when Sam Kinison's Young Comedians is 1984. Wow. So it's even way earlier than I thought. But by the time Kinison was in uh, Back to School, he was already huge. Yeah. For me, anyway. Maybe not. No, he was pretty well known at that point. And he started, uh, like I said, I, I... I think Back to School had a big push on it, too, though. That opened it up to more audiences. He was great in that. That's one of those yeah. iconic roles. Uh, yeah, because people who didn't know who he was all of a sudden had to know who he was because they were like, who the fuck is that maniac? So why don't we dive right in by interpreting one of the easiest events in the last 20 years of American history. Now, can someone tell me why in 1975 we pulled our troops out of Vietnam? The failure of Vietnamization to win popular support caused an ongoing erosion of confidence in the various American but illegal Saigon regimes. Is she right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. I was up to my knees in rice paddies with guns and Edward going up against Charlie, slugging it out with him, while pussies like you were back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I mean, these kids, they were in grade school at the time. And me, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want to help, maybe you can help me, okay? You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the first brick, brick, brick and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why? Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Because Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let MacArthur go in there and blow out those coming bastards. Good answer. Good answer. That's just a great movie, by the way, just in general. That's a really funny movie. I like it. I like the kid from Christine. Yes. I like everything he does. Not only Christine. Billy Joe something or other. The Legend of Billy Jean. Exactly. That guy. He's fucking great. He was in a few movies and uh, I don't know what he's doing now. I think he's like a director or something. Probably. I could be wrong, but. He's, I looked him up at one point. I think he's more successful than I, than you would think, which is good for As him. As a director. Yeah, or just, you know, he's remained Yeah, good for wor- him. Working. I wonder if he has any weird uh, childhood stories, or maybe he was just old enough where he wasn't, uh, you know, Corey Hames. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe he was uh, top lover. Well, he was in three big movies. I mean, I, I would say that Christine was probably... 
the his biggest role, right? Because he's the star of that. Yeah, it's I him think, in his car. Whereas I think so. Back to Future or Back to School was Rodney. Yeah, and Legend of Billy Jean was uh, Helen Slater, and Christian Slater, but mostly Helen Slater. Is that his sister? Yeah, Helen oh. Slater was also Supergirl. Supergirl, hmm. and she plays Supergirl's mother in the. Uh, CW show, which I know I uh, watch. Yeah. And uh, Dean Kane, who played Superman on TV, plays uh, Supergirl's father on that show. What does Terry Hatcher play? Terry Hatcher played, uh, you thought you'd get me on that, but Terry Hatcher actually played um, some like wicked queen, uh, f- her uh, Morell's father. Well, that's not nice. Yeah. Some sort of wicked queen, and uh, Kevin Sorbo was her husband. Ew. She killed him. I love Kevin Sorbo. Oh. Why don't you like him? I don't know. Who was he, Conan? I think he was Conan at one point. Yeah, he was, and no, Hercules. Conan the O'Brien? He was Conan the O'Brien. He was uh, in Hercules, but I... um, He was in Andromeda, which was a sci-fi show. I call that Andromeda. Yeah. Phenom. 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 And your pronunciation of the word font. Font? Yes. It's also suspect. Um, Anyway, Sam Kinison was my number three. Do you have a number three, David? Uh, I think I already gave number three. Yeah, I already gave number three. Oh, do you have a number four? Oh, number four from number three. Also, uh, Dave Chappelle. I Dave think Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, uh, maybe best comedian ever. One of the best comedians ever, in my opinion. Terrorists don't take black hostages. <laughs> That's the truth. I have yet to see one of us on the news reading the hostage letters. Um, mm. They is treating us good. Uh, we all chilling and shit. I'd like to give a shout out to Ray Ray and Big Steve and uh, Jason Newport. You're not going to see it. Terrorists are smart. They know what they're doing there, you know. they terrorists. They know it's black people's bad bargaining chips. They called the White House. Hello? We have got five black... Hello? <laughs> You'd be back in D.C. You know, I was thinking, man, this is, this is an election year. I'm going to ask you, your white guy, do you know who you're voting for yet? Don't know, do you? Now, you see that? You see what just happened here? Let me tell you something. That is a cultural thing. He knows who he's going to vote for. He's just not going to tell me. (laughs) See? I've noticed that. That is a cultural thing. White people do not like to talk about their political affiliations. It's a secret. You ever ask a white guy who's voting for you? Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, who are you going to vote for? Dave, Dave. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Take it easy now. Take it easy. So anyway, um, I was fucking my wife in her ass, right? And 
And I mean, it was something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but who are you voting for? Dave! Dave, come on with the voting. I'm trying to talk about fucking my wife here. Ask me all these personal questions. They don't like to divulge that information because it matters to them. Dave Chappelle. He is fucking funny. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. His show, The Chappelle Show, <clears throat> was probably the best thing ever to happen to Comedy Central. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know what happened. What, what do you think happened with it? I don't know. Uh, too, much, too much pressure for a brother to handle. I mean, they were throwing money at him. It was it was the funniest thing on TV, and and was it was the funniest thing that had been on television for the longest time. Apparently, uh, Dave Chappelle was doing a rehearsal, and he heard a a white person laughing, and he realized that they weren't laughing with him, but they were laughing at him. And he said, and then Bill Burr said, "That was me." <laughs> Bill Burr. Bill Burr was a writer on the show. So Bill Burr ruined everything? I think so. Again? It was either Bill Burr or Neil Brennan. Oh, God. One of those two is responsible for Dave Chappelle going to Africa. Neil <laughs> Brennan. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and also there was this uh, really... I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories, and the, the weirder and the more way out there, the better. And there was a conspiracy theory that, uh, and I think you can still find it out there, that said that Oprah and Bill Cosby, who, uh, well, you know, at that point we didn't know <clears throat> how naughty he really was, that uh, that they had gotten a hold of uh, Chappelle and told him that he couldn't do comedy anymore because he was hurting black people mm-hmm. so there's this it's a huge conspiracy theory and it was really well done well put together and uh if you can find it the just i would i would google dave Chappelle, oprah conspiracy or maybe i'll just add the the link into the comments because it was really fun have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up i really uh i really do love dave Chappelle. Very funny. Very funny. So you think he is the funniest person alive right now? He is absolutely one of the funniest. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. There's other people who are are very funny, but he's in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's just funny. He's funny as hell. And and his demeanor, he's just got a likable quality. Yes, he does. He has us that same likable quality. I mean, there are a lot of comedians that are getting pushed down our throats. Uh, say Kevin Hart. Ugh. You know. Um, I think Bill Burr is extremely funny. I think he's very, very funny. And I think he has the balls to say stuff that people don't want to hear. So I do think he's very funny. I think uh, he's accidentally funny. Yeah, he's a perfect storm of idiot savant. Working class guy meets some sort of humor. I don't know how he's done. I don't know how he's managed to do it. I don't think there'll ever be anyone like Bill Burr because he's so stupid. He he seems like he's a dummy. Yeah, he's so stupid that he's hysterical. He's the he's the funniest moron ever. Now, he really is. So you say Dave Chappelle, funniest guy alive right now? <sighs> yeah. Well, you know, no. I mean. 
Brian Regan's still alive. I mean, there's other people, you know, Eddie Murphy's still alive. He's very funny. There's lots of people who are very funny. So, no, I can't say that. But I'll tell you this much. Dave Chappelle is... Dave Chappelle makes Louis C.K. look like he's a shoe salesman. Like, I don't even consider Louis C.K. a comedian compared to Dave Chappelle. That's how funny Dave Chappelle is. That's how not funny Louis C.K. is to me. I never thought the guy was funny. Louis C.K. is like a cucks comedian and... um, I never liked him. Yeah, I just... He's not... He's not... I, I I like when men act like men and not like... I don't know. I don't. I'm not a big fan of cuck comedy. I love Reggie Watts. He's another one. I was going to choose him, but I figure he's he's got enough exposure right now. But to me, he's another one who's like <laughs> you didn't want to give him our extra fifty viewers. Yeah. Uh, he's he's unique. Also, he's one of a kind in my opinion, and he's so talented musically that that's almost like he's just a very funny musician. Yeah, but I, there's no one like Reggie Watts. No one. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I enjoy him. I think he's funny. Um, but you've always liked him way oh more than I have. God, he's so fucking spontaneous. He's ridiculous. It's just, he's the kind of guy that if you were hanging out with him on a nightly basis, that would be some funny shit. Oh, yes. My fourth comedian is the one, the only, Eddie Murphy. And my pops be fucked up every 4th of July, man, every cookout. Black men like to claim the house when they're drunk. Men, period, I think, man, like to just claim their house. They want you to know if you're drunk and if they're drunk and you in their house, that is their house. My father stand up in the middle of the cookout and say, it's my house. <laughs> you know what it is? And if you don't like it, you get the fuck out. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a f- I, sp- I pay the motherfucking bills in this motherfucker. And hey, kiss my ass if you don't like it. Yes. Yes, motherfucker, yes. But you know what it is? You know what it is? I'm drunk, so what? Beautiful, I'm drunk. I'm drunk, so what? I'm drunk. You know what? I got drunk in my motherfucking kitchen. I, I was drinking out of my glass in my motherfucking house. So fuck it. Then he attacked the whole family, right? He said, Gus, Gus, ask a question. Come in. Let me ask a question, Gus. Gus, let me ask you a question. Gus, why is the fire so big? Why do you make the fire so big, Gus? Look at that shit. It's a motherfucking ridiculous, Gus. The fire's too motherfucking big. Why? You come in here every motherfucking year, Gus, and you burn down my motherfucking backyard. Why? I'm cooking motherfucking hamburgers in French. I'm not cooking a motherfucking Brontosaurus burger in this motherfucker. This ain't the motherfucking Flintstones, guts. My house, motherfucker. Look at Charlie standing over there with third-degree burns on him. Eating a motherfucking Frank. It doesn't make sense, no, but you take things too far, guys. You take things too far. I tell you, go an inch, you go three inches. I tell you, go four inches, you go five. Give a nigga rope and want to be a cowboy, guys. So... Look, when was this? When did this record come out? Is this raw? Yes. I think it came out in '84. I think it came out in '84 too. And I, honestly, this was the first comedy uh, cassette that I owned, 
And this was a this this fucking show, this bit, this act, this routine was so funny that I it was in regular rotation in my car. Like I would listen to this as much as I would listen to White Snake or or whatever else I was listening to at the time. Kiss. When did Delirious come out? I think it was like the next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is the second one. Oh, this is the second one. Oh, maybe this is, this is Delirious. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Delirious is 1983. Oh, so Raw's 84 or 85. <clears throat> Raw is 87. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, 83 sounds just about right. Uh-huh. I think I was like 16, 17... But uh, this, I mean, this was so quotable. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew every, you know, roll, <laughs> roll Charlie around a bit. He'll be okay. Everybody knows, at least at the time, everybody knew every joke, every voice. Yeah, I would say that uh, it's one of the best there is. And it's still very funny. People seem to not want to think he's funny now for some reason, but I still think that stuff's funny. Yeah, I think people who don't think Eddie Murphy is funny have never heard this album or just don't really know. I mean, or they just can't stand the use of the word faggot. Is that why? Because he says faggot a lot? Yeah. That's the reason that they criticize Eddie Murphy. Are you serious? That's one of the main reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me his, get their uh, name and send them the Don Rickles uh, album. His routine where he's the ambulance with the uh, fag siren. Oh. That's offensive to people. You know what? Fuck you people who are offended by comedy. Really. I mean, be offended by Dan Mintz. Because he's not very funny. Shush. But don't be offended because Eddie Murphy says faggot. Or Don Rickles talks about the Jews, the Mexicans, the Polacks, everybody. The Negroes, as they used to call them back in the day. Um... I I honestly I think Eddie Murphy is the funniest man alive. Dave Chappelle's very funny, but I'm telling you Eddie with no Eddie Murphy, no Dave Chappelle. Perhaps. Dave. Do you see the size of the crowd he had? Yeah. That's, you know, that's like Eddie Murphy, Dice Clay, Bill Cosby, I mean, there are comedians that at their peak had arenas filled with people. Arenas. Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. That is amazing. You get people like a Jim Norton or Rich Voss or even Nick DiPaolo, these, these guys who have been comedians for a long time, they will never have an arena. They may have something like a beacon theater at the best, but they're not having an arena. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's an amazing accomplishment as a comedian. Well, and you know, Nick DiPaolo's not as funny as Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle. No. But I'm just saying these are guys who have been in it for a long time and who when you ask me to name a comedian, I will say, well, Nick DiPaolo's a comedian or Jim Norton or Rich Voss or or, you know, or Jay Moore. You know what I mean? Someone as talented as Jay Moore. I mean, that guy can do impressions. 
I don't think he's very funny though. I love Jay. I think he's hysterical and he's an he's an excellent. His actor. impressions are funny, but he's not. He doesn't tell jokes. Well, I think his impressions and the and what he has the people say are the you know, and not every comedian just tells jokes. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, Lenny Bruce never told a joke. Mm-hmm. He was just dialogue. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, setting them up and knocking them out. So, I mean, but he, it's still comedy. Mm-hmm. But Jay Moore, you know, can act. I don't like him. You, don't, you just don't like Jay Moore. No. Why don't you like Jay Moore? I don't know. Something about his personality doesn't appeal to me. He's uh, repulsive. Jesus Christ! What? That's absurd. He's uh, repulsive. Yeah, I don't know. He what about Woody like, Allen? Woody Allen is not repulsive. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Case closed. Jay Moore is the kind of guy who would like you know bully you in high school. He is not. Yes, he is. Shush. He was not. Jay Moore is not not the kind of guy. He's not my kind of guy. Jay Moore is one hundred percent my kind of guy. I wouldn't have hung out with him. I are you kidding me? I don't think I I don't I don't think so. I think he would have stolen my bike. He might have stolen your girl. I don't think he would have stolen your bike. I don't know. I I have a I don't get the vibe like he's a stoner cool musician or something. Yeah, who do you get that vibe from? Brian Regan? No, me. Oh. Okay, I don't understand the, the Jay Moore hate. I adore him. And, uh, I just never found him funny personally. I just thought, you know, he's 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 okay. He's a, he's, he does a decent Christopher Walken. He, he seems like he always dominates the conversation. You can't get a word in edgewise, and uh, he, he's oversensitive. So I got no time for him. I mean, <laughs> we talked. We just talked earlier about how comedians are tortured. Perhaps I know, but if you're going to be tortured, I would at least appreciate the humor to come in as well. To me, I don't see it. Wow. Okay. I mean, Kevin Pollack is better better than him, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, that's okay. I I I am I am one hundred percent team Jay Moore. A hundred percent. You will not convince me otherwise. He was also in one of my favorite uh, movies. My favorite uh, guilty pleasure movies, Picture Perfect, with Little Miss Jennifer Aniston and Jay Moores. And then he was also in one of my favorite shows with little Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ghost Whisperer. So I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of love for Mr. Moore. I don't, don't know why you hate him, but... Uh, I don't hate him, I just don't dude, like you him. you said he was repulsive. He's a... Personality is repulsive. As I mean, his personality is doesn't attract me to want to be interested in him. Who would you rather hang out with, Jay Moore or Josh Freese? Uh, probably Josh Freese. Wow. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, neither of us picked women. I would say that uh, if if I was forced to. I would pick the Roseanne uh, young comedian special. I think uh, I think her her set during during that special was uh, great. It was different, uh, and she um, I think she 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 dominated. And of course, you know what happened after that is history. She had one of 
one of the best shows on TV based on that domestic goddess character. And uh, so if, if, if I forced you to pick a woman comedian um, to add to our list <laughs> to shoehorn in, who would you pick? Uh, that's a rough call. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, no Phyllis Diller, no love for her? Uh, not really. Oh, all right. Uh, Joan Rivers? Uh, I don't like her so much either. I like her, but I would never, like, listen to her. Like, I wouldn't be like, You wouldn't oh, buy the record? Uh, the CD or whatever? Uh, something about <laughs> her personality was like... Who, Joan? Yeah, just... Can we talk? Too much. Yeah? All right. I was... I hear you. You uh, can't think of one funny chick? <coughs> I guess I used to think Sarah Silverman was funny. Uh, I don't know. Sarah Silverman was funny, but now she doesn't do comedy. Now she just tries to tell people how to live and how to think. So uh, she is no longer funny. No longer. But, uh, okay. I mean, if you, you were forced to pick and you picked Sarah Silverman, she ruined Joe Franklin's life. I'll just leave that at at that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of someone offhand that... You don't like Roseanne at all either, do you? No. <clears throat> Woody Allen, though? Love, right? Roseanne never wrote a book like Without Feathers. Roseanne never wrote a, a fucking uh, one-act play like Death. Yeah, she also didn't marry her daughter. I'm so that that I don't prefer that. That's not if I That's were going to going to pick a, uh, a a thing to think, you know. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's just not even worth words. Oh right, all right. So um, a couple weeks ago, our friend Pete, guitarist extraordinaire. Uh, told us we should watch a video on YouTube and comment on it. Um, he wanted to make sure we didn't watch it before we commented on it. So we, it's, it's kind of like sight unseen. And the, video, the YouTuber is Roy Purdy. I see Roy Purdy has a video here with 19 million views so how we haven't heard of him i'm not sure but let's give him a watch you ready yeah in new york i'm in yeah. i didn't have my socks yeah. running from my heart yeah. and i shoot that up yeah. what and i'm on the block what Woof, 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 woof,
this is the kind of thing that gets you angry right yeah <laughs> there's nothing happening there it's that, comedy this is comedy no that, that's not comedy you don't think that was comedy that is a bad that's like a kid in junior high who has a camera who put some shit together and then maybe his friends might be like why are you wasting your time that was not even funny stop hanging out with me <laughs> why are there so many views what what's wrong with people I, I I don't understand. I I got I have a Donald Fagan song I have to learn. Like, what is this? <laughs> Why? Why are you wasting your life with this? I don't understand it. Well, what did Pete say about it? He said uh, he didn't say. He, he just said, said, "Watch take it. Take a look at it." See, get, get. I'm under the impression that he doesn't like it. I would have to. I would have to think that he thinks that this is what's wrong with America. I would have to assume that this is what is wrong with the youth today. This is why guitars are on the decline in sales. This is why no one plays real music anymore. This is the problem. This is why comedy is being outlawed. This is the problem. This is what people are doing. I mean, I don't know that he deserves millions and millions of views. He deserves to be in school. But it's I, I find it pretty ridiculous i mean and i am laughing at him not with him but i feel like he's also laughing at himself i feel like he's doing it ironically the outfit is is crazy the sunglasses are crazy he moves around like if like he was Chris doing Barron it ironically uh, how much money is he making ironically oh i think you make i think it's <sighs> i mean if it's ironic then why wouldn't he just do it for free i think well because i mean this is the this is youtube People are. I think you make like irony, then. a couple of grand for every million views. I think that's how it is. I don't know. We'll we'll never uh, have irony a couple is views. is fucking um, what you call it, Colin Quinn's Twitter pages. That's yeah. irony. This is moronicness. This is moronic. So you and you think Pete this hates is atrophy? It. Okay. I mean, it's just a, it's just a kid being silly. Yeah. And this, why would this gain anyone's attention except for possibly his parents? This is like your. This is like a, a video uh, wallet. You have this in your wallet, and you show this to your friends. Oh, look at my my son. He's in, he's a faggy moron. <laughs> you know. But why is this on TV? What? Why am I being told about this? Well, because I, Pete wanted your reaction, and I I think that you did not disappoint. I think I don't know that Pete is angry about this. I do. Uh, look, you cannot be a fifty-year-old person and like this. I just laughed. I'm not. I'm you not going to seek out can't. Roy Purdy. I'm not going to watch Roy Purdy videos all day. But it was like a goofy kid dancing like a fucking weirdo. That's fine to laugh at it, but yeah, uh, he shouldn't be doing this. 
Well, he's exercising his free speech. So yes, he should be doing it. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, we talked about the, the dumbing down of America and, you know, this is all part of it. It definitely is. It definitely is part of it. Um, so there you go. I mean, I think YouTube in general is part of it. YouTube, uh, your Playstations and uh, this is just your rap music. This it's, is insanity. Yeah. This is like that uh, Logan Paul or whatever the fuck his name is. The guy that went to the suicide forest? Yeah. It's all just stupidity. I mean, look, there's a gazillion videos on YouTube and some of them are, are gold for different reasons. Um, I'm not... The, I'm, I'll never say people shouldn't be able to put their videos up there. But, uh, you know, it's it's... It's not our fault that he's he's got, you know, 2.2 million subscribers. I mean, look at people, look at uh, Trisha. Trisha's, Trisha Paytas has four or five million subscribers. She has a different, uh, a few different YouTube channels. And she just goes on there and cries sometimes or, you know, makes up stories or eats stuff. And people watch it. People will watch her eat KFC. Or, or, you know, I ordered three pizzas. Let's see which one I like best. I mean, and she'll get a million views. So people watch what they watch. I, I, you know, there's no accounting for taste, I believe. The old saying goes. Meanwhile, you know, we're we're rocking 20, 25 listeners on our show. <laughs> Anywho, um, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was uh, last week our show was about bands that should have should have made it, but didn't. So it was just bands that should have. And uh, Mark Levitt, a longtime listener and friend of uh, our various shows, uh, suggested two. Uh, the first one was Fuzzy Duck. And, and it's uh, Fuzzy Duck is a, like a prog rock band. And who did you say they sounded like? <clears throat> they sound like uh, Deep Purple meets... Um... Deep Purple meets the uh, instrumental breakdown of Magic Carperad. So Deep Purple meets Steppenwolf. Fuzzy Duck was great. I loved it. I listened to the whole... They have... It's just a one and done album, I believe. It's on YouTube. I highly recommend you listening to Fuzzy Duck. And his other one was Mighty Baby. And that one sounded a little like Moody Blues to me. Mm, Yes. That did so. And I think that was another one and done. Um, I liked Fuzzy Duck better than Mighty Baby, but Mighty Baby was definitely worth listening to. And I thank you for your contributions, Mark Levitt. Uh, comedy writer, Mark Levitt. Check our YouTube comments and make sure you follow his channel as well. Sometimes he'll put uh, videos out about uh, song lyrics. He's got the tunnels. He's got the tunnels. Kid, I got the tunnels. I'm not going to make it. Your timing shot. The tunnels. Okay, so this has been our show on comedy. Uh, And next week, uh, we're not quite sure what our show is going to be about. But if you would like to listen to past shows, please feel free to head head on over to middleagedcoolkids.com. There you have uh, a list of our past shows, a link to the old Dave and Shecky show, 
and uh, links that let you subscribe on various platforms to this very show. Um, do you have anything you wanted to add, David? Um, no, I think that's about it for this one. All right. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can leave us comments either in the BitChute section, uh, comment section, or the YouTube comment section, or you are welcome to tweet us at middleagedcool on the Twitter. Twitter, toxic censoring Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Gab. I am just too groovy on gab.ai. This has been another fun one. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any uh, suggestions for shows, let us know and we will ch ch check it out. All right. Next time, America. Later, man. <laughs>